sisters, my name's Erin and I'll be your host for these little snap bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent day culture and where you can see these represented in modern content so that you can learn more and get obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Firstly, I would love to announce that we hit 3,000 downloads last week and published the official 25th episode of Myth Monsters. I'm so, so chuffed that people actually listen to this and honestly, thank you so, so much. The Bloody Mary episode was really, really popular too. So if you like that one, let me know and I'll make sure I cover more ghostly folklore tales like this one in the future. This week, we're headed back over to the UK and looking at one of the most famous mythical creatures to come out of the British Isles, included in both our royal crest and as Scotland's national animal. Yes, ladies, gents, and non-binary folk, we are looking at unicorns. It's weird to even consider writing something to describe unicorns. They're one of the most well-known myth monsters of all time. Although calling them a monster is a bit weird, as they're not really anything but friendly to people. Unicorns are mystical horses, usually depicted as white and pastel, or white and pearlescent with an unmistakable glow and a long horn in the centre of their horsey foreheads. The horn is said to contain medicinal magic and anti-poison powers, and actually narwhal horns were sold as unicorn horns during the Renaissance era. Unicorns are stunningly beautiful and often would leave onlookers with gaping mouths and adoration at their very appearance. However, as this podcast just existing proves, they are very elusive. This is apparently due to the fact that their horns are incredibly valuable and their blood was said to hold the key to a longer life, but very importantly, not immortality. It's said that unicorns did exist, but they were hunted into extinction by hunters in the 18th century. Erin, how can I capture a unicorn, I hear you ask? I want one because of reasons I hear you scream, especially my colleague Anna, who actually requested this episode, so thank you for that. Well, I hate to say it, but unfortunately, if you're not a virgin, there's absolutely no chance. Unicorns can only be captured by virgin girls, as they symbolise purity, grace and innocence, which apparently cannot be you if you've experienced sexy times, I'm afraid. Sorry to all those listeners, it is very sad. The reason behind this is that apparently sin or wickedness scares them away, or they just won't approach anyone who isn't pure of heart. However, I think it might just be that young girls are just a bit nicer to horses, rather than the men of the 18th century who ran around with horns on horses, wielding weapons with intent to kill anything that moves. Hashtag end the patriarchy. There are more than one type of unicorn, one of which of that is Pegasus. They're called Pegasus in a colloquial sense, however they are actually called winged unicorns. If you remember back in the Gorgons episode, which can you believe it was 25 episodes ago, they're pretty much the same as usual unicorns, but they have wings and can fly. I did say that I would touch on Pegasus from Greek mythology in this episode. He was the son of Poseidon and Medusa and was a winged horse. Not really a unicorn, he didn't have the horn, but a lot of people actually associate him with the first ever unicorn. They were actually never included in Greek mythology, however only because Greek writers at the time believed that unicorns actually existed, but in India. And we'll get onto why India in a bit. On to etymology, the word unicorn literally means one horn. It's not particularly complex I'm afraid, so quite a boring one this week. 
However, its origin is a lot more interesting. I've said that we're back over in the UK, but that's only because we primarily have the unicorn as a massive symbol here and it's linked to the UK. However, they were originally brought up by an ancient Indian civilization called the Indus Valley Civilization, where they were originally seen back in the Bronze Age. That was like 2000 BC people. That was over 4000 years ago. I'm pretty sure anyway. I get confused with the BC and the AD things, honestly. We know this because unicorns were actually featured on a stamp seal dated back from then with probably a bovine animal with a horn. And yes, it could be argued that this isn't a unicorn, it's a cow in a hat, but let me have this one. They were also mentioned in the Torah, the Jewish text, which is an interesting term for the episode. They were called Riem and they were referred to constantly throughout the text as a figure of strength and power. For example, God brought them out of Egypt. He hath as it were the strength of a unicorn. Or will the unicorn be willing to serve thee or abide by thy crib? Canst thou buy the unicorn with its band in the furrow? Or will he harrow the valleys after thee? Wilt thou trust him because his strength is great? Or wilt thou leave thy labour to him? Wilt thou believe him that he will bring home thy seed and gather it into thy barn? Lastly, they hit European mythology around the Middle Ages, which if you didn't know was between 500 and 1500 AD. They were seen as they were traditionally symbols of virginity and were very often depicted in the laps of young ladies and also in the lap of the Virgin Mary in churches and religious texts. The unicorns in these were shown as being hunted, which also alluded to the hunting after virgins, which was quite common at the time. Thankfully not in the same way that unicorns were hunted, but let's just leave it there. The unicorn is featured on the coat of arms of so many countries, including Hungary, France, Germany, Czech Republic, Lithuania, Nova Scotia and Canada, but most famously the lion and the unicorn arms of the British royal family, which features on all of our coin currency and on all royal addresses and buildings. It's also the national animal of Scotland, as I've said before, which is why I think it's important to highlight as why I chose Scottish or Celtic mythology as this core focus. The Scots apparently as a nation feel very close to the idea of the unicorn due to what they represent. Elusive, beautiful and wild, completely untamable and uncontrollable by anyone else. The Scots aligned themselves with the unicorn back in the mid 1500s where the first Scottish coat of arms featured two unicorns holding up the nation's blue and white crossed flag. A fun fact is that the unicorns are always covered in gold chains in this, and some say that it's meant to show the power of the Scottish, showing that they could tame the untamable. When Scotland and England joined in 1603 and King James VI of Scotland became King James I of England, he replaced one of the unicorns with a lion, which is the national animal of England. I don't know why it is, we do not have lions, we do have three lions on the shirt, as you would know if you're a football fan, but we do not have lions in the UK, I would just like to make that very clear. If you know anything about folklore, you'll know that lions and unicorns are mortal enemies and are permanently in a battle for King of the Beasts, which is terribly ironic because the Scots and the English really don't like each other as a historical notion, so it's quite funny in a weird cultural Scotland versus England contest. 
on to cultural significance for art this week there are literally so many the coat of arms themselves are works of art and there are absolutely loads of them i would have a look at the tapestry art firstly have a look see at the hunt of the unicorn series from 1495 and wild woman with unicorn from 1500 or if you want more traditional stuff like paintings the most famous painting of a unicorn is Domenico Zapieri's The Gentle and Pensive Maiden Has the Power to Tame the Unicorn from 1604. It's an absolutely beautiful piece of artwork. It's so stunning, very renaissance, and it's just mwah, chef's kiss. Or if you're modern, you can just look at any TriStar film for a lovely representation of a winged unicorn. <laughs> for movies, I'm just gonna go over the kind of bigger ones that I can think of. So you have Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone where a unicorn features being vampire sucked by Voldemort or Professor Quirrell at the time for his life energy. You've got Fantasia, the original and Fantasia 2000. Stardust, which is one of my favorite films of all time. Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, where Peter, the king, is riding into battle on a unicorn. And surprisingly, Cabin in the Woods from 2009, which, if you didn't know, is a horror movie. And I'm just going to say spoilers now, but one of them gets stabbed by a unicorn's horn with the unicorn still attached, like the unicorn runs into him. I haven't seen it. I read the synopsis. For TV, you know, unicorns are very, very unanimously linked with children so it's mostly kids tv but if you really like kids tv like i do you have she-ra the new series on netflix my little pony friendship is magic features unicorns supernatural care bears if you're really into your classic 90s stuff pokemon where rapidash the pokemon is technically a unicorn gravity falls which is a disney series and star versus the forces of evil another disney series however we do have to talk about the one thing that all of us are thinking about who grew up in the noughties era of YouTube. We've got to talk about the phenomenon, Charlie the Unicorn. This stupid film series debuted on YouTube back in 2005 and was about a unicorn, funnily enough, called Charlie, who really wanted to get to a place called Candy Mountain, but it turns out they just wanted his kidneys and it's just pure llamas with hats vibes from really early noughties YouTube when dark comedy was something that people were exploring with animation and MS Paint. But really good early internet fun. For video games, we've got a few, including but not limited to Zoo Tycoon, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, Robot Unicorn Attack, Bayonetta 2, Them's Fat and Herds, Immortals, Phoenix Rising, Persona 5, Peggle, Kid Icarus, and even Borderlands 2, where they make an appearance in Tiny Tina's DLC. I have two book recommendations for this one. Now, most of the books about unicorns are written for children, as I've said, and the one that I'm about to talk about is no exception. It's called The Secret Lives of Unicorns by Professor Tamisa Serafini, and it's a mythical book about the lives and real existence if unicorns did really exist, almost like a dictionary of unicorn things, as if they were real horses. She does also do a couple more of these books on other mythical creatures, such as dragons and mermaids, but it's a really great idea for you parents out there who want to teach your kids about mythical creatures. It's just lovely to have like a silly encyclopedia of unicorn and mythological terms for your kids. My adult one would be 
to have a look at the anthology of Scottish folktales, which has various authors, I can't list them all. This is firstly a gorgeous book just looking at it. I think it's leather bound, but I'm not entirely sure. It has that weird feel to it. But it's filled with Scottish legends that are prevalent in today's culture and a rich history of my Scottish brothers and sisters up north. I actually have quite a fun fact that I found out this week when my mother was down visiting me that actually I do have quite an intense Scottish ancestry, which makes sense, I am very ginger, but basically I even have a tartan based on my family name, not my actual surname, but my my granddad's mum's maiden name. So I'm going up to Edinburgh in a couple of weeks, as I said last episode, when I'm going to take my break, so I'm going to get me my own family tartan, which I think will be quite nice. I'm going to get a nice little, little scarf in blue and green tartan. should be lovely. But I know, I know you didn't come here to talk about my family history and me getting some tartan whilst I'm on holiday. We'll get back to unicorns. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? So this is an interesting one, because there is no real concrete proof that unicorns exist. However, I would like to think that there are mystical horses running around forests in Scotland that we just haven't found yet. But realistically, I imagine these were probably just wild horses. Maybe they had sticks on their heads, maybe they were stags, not sure, but I do struggle to believe these ones are kind of out and about. But do we know there are actual sea unicorns in reality, though, in narwhals? So is it that far-fetched to think there is a land version? I guess, but I could say that about anything. Not entirely sure what the land equivalent of an octopus would be, that's my first thought. Oh god, it's a spider, isn't it? Jesus Christ. Oh, I was thinking of squids as well, and squids are definitely scorpions. I don't like this conversation, I'm gonna run away with this thought, but who knows, if we go by my own logic here, unicorns definitely exist. Either way, they bring so much magic to children, even now, and I know that I was fully obsessed as a child, so much so, I actually had a collection of toy unicorns. One of them was a T.Y. teddy, if you remember those from the 90s, and her name was super imaginative. Guess what it was? It was Uni, the unicorn. But honestly, I had about 12 teddies, and I loved my My Little Pony collection, and I had loads of unicorns within that, that my mother accidentally sold at a boot sale a few years ago, not knowing that they are now worth an absolute fortune. Bummer, right? But apparently, if you believe in unicorns just like fairies, you keep them alive. So, I'm just gonna keep dreaming. I think you guys should too. I loved this episode, what a fun creature, and I love magic and ponies because I'm a horse girl, so I thoroughly enjoy these ones. And also, I was a former Harry Potter obsessive too, so it all kind of makes sense in my head at least. I hope you guys enjoyed this too. Next week, we're going back down under to look at the legendary cryptid, the Yowie from Aboriginal mythology. So hang on to your didgeridoos, people, and join me in the Outback next Thursday. Oh, that was terrible. I'm so sorry. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monster to cover next, and I'd love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can be found at mythmonsters.co.uk. So please come join the fun and share this with your pals. They might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later, babes.